Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Your home for all things Bolton Wanderers up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast, episode seventy-five. We are back with you once again. The podcast of thick and thin. I know. Um so certainly racking up the numbers uh, on the Fan Zone podcast, but we're back once again. Thank you all very much for joining us. We can see some of you in the chat already. So wherever you are watching from, we hope you're having a fantastic week so far. And uh, and thanks for joining us. Of course, joined by myself, Col and Ben is back once again. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Ben. How are we both doing this evening? How are you, Col? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, um, I feel like the uh... The podcast whore. I shouldn't really other than to say that not on, on our podcast, but from one one podcast to another, being passed about pillar to post. Um, Absolutely, yeah, I'm, good. I'm, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, just um, just got off with with Gab Sutton for anybody who's wondering what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, really good. Um, busy, 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 but happy with three points, and um, hopefully sit four in the next uh, the next week. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Indeed. Ben, how are you this evening? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Good after last night. Three out of nine and eight, Cole, as you predicted so far. Right. What's that? Um, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. No, I'm happy. We're, yeah, uh, we're not doing too bad. Yeah. I, was dreading, uh, I was dreading tonight, but yeah. No, I turned it around. Of course we did. Absolutely. It's uh, it's good to see and uh, a very warm welcome to you all in the chat. Thank you all for joining us. We won't mess around any longer and we will get stuck in to our post-match reactions. So, of course, Wanderers beat Cambridge on an away visit to the Abbey Stadium 2-1 to Ian Everts 11 and uh, it was a, an interesting game a game of two halves I think it's fair to say I know for a, a little while a couple of months ago we had a, a, I think a run of maybe four or five podcasts that were called Jekyll and Hyde of, of some <laughs> description we tempted uh, it. <laughs> yeah it's a, a similar sort of feel I think to, to one of those games but all important three points. We turned it around in the second half, and that's all that matters. Carl, what did you make of the game? Straight to me. Um, I don't know whether I agree with you when you said it was a game of two halves, to be honest. For second half, we we, we absolutely battered them. But I thought first half, and it's been it's been mentioned uh, by other people as well that we were. We were all right. We were just missing that that final pass, weren't we? That that little bit of yeah. uh, Dion Charlesness in the box, you know, somebody to stick mm. it in the back of the net. You could just tell that I, I, some people pick it up, and I'd use the word synergy a couple of times last night on tweets. They were just it just were missing that little bit of uh, that little bit of a connection, weren't it? In in, in certainly in the final third. Um, but that's going to be the case, isn't it? You know, when when we're getting players coming in and, and starting who, who haven't started for a while, and um, it doesn't really come to, to to surprise me, really, to be honest. But the most important thing is, as, as we keep saying, that we picked up three points. It doesn't really matter how we perform. But the second half, we were we were uh, exhilarated, um, th- thoroughly enjoyable uh, second half. Uh, could have been could have been anything they wanted it to be in that second half, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, happy days. Indeed, I I, I remember Nathan uh, Ogbettel in his uh, post-match interview referenced that those sorts of performances are, are going to be coming up, you know, towards the business end yep. of the season as players come into the squad, as different players take up different positions and whatnot. Um, hey, and man, almost off topic. Sorry, you mentioned Ogbetter, and I know you. I'm deviating here, but. How much do we need that lot of the podcast? <laughs> he's very yeah. well spoken, isn't he? He's a um, uh, yeah, he he's a guest. Yeah, he looked like we'll, he'd done we'll, plenty of interviews. We'll try and make that happen, everybody. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll try and pull some strings, shall we say? I don't know. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, he referenced that in his in his post match interview. Yeah. And he said, you know, those sorts of performances are are bound to happen with the number of bodies that are in and out of the squad. Yeah. Ben, what did you think of um, of the game in particular? That sort of rotation. How do you think we we handled it? Yeah, I agree. We call it with the synergy was perfect word really to sum it up because I mean, first start for Mendes Gomez. What the second or third start for better? And Bod Varson's first start in ages, probably the, it's only the second or third time they've been on the pitch together, Bod Varson and Mendes Gomez, never mind start together. So mm. it's bound to be a bit off in the first half. But I still think we I think we played pretty well first half. It was basically a half of, they had one, not even really a chance that's just looped into the top corner. Nothing you can do about that, really. Obviously, McGoma giving the ball, it wasn't great. But um, in terms of their chances, they didn't really have anything. They had a free kick that was easily saved. Kai Kai had a shot near post but apart from that it was basically us with the ball the whole half just just that slight tempo we were missing which the same on Saturday really which we picked up in the second half which we picked up in the second half last night as well it's just it's just that final ball as well there was the one where Dacus Cogley not sure how he did pick out Bob Varson like about a five yard pass but and then uh, there was the well the chance in the first five minutes Bob Varson shot which came out to Mendes Gomez he Probably could have done better there. Like it, it could def- could have easily been two nil towards that half time. It was just just one of them. But yeah, I better summed up as well. He said uh, about how Everett was really calm at half time. I was mm. saying to my dad like, been quite a few games in the past couple of months. Say like Wickham at home, Cheltenham at home, maybe even like Leighton Orient at home, Northampton at home, which where we've been a winning, but been a bit like we've been just letting teams in too easily. Whereas last night was the complete opposite. Really, we were one nil down. But look like the better team, and yeah, I, I was just confident we were going to create chances. And as soon as the second half started, we got there because we, if we keep pounding on the pressure like that, and yeah, we did. Mm. Yeah, um, it was, Ben, uh, it paid ben off. sorry before you before you go on, Ben. While you're talking about that, obviously we're talking about synergy. We're talking about players not playing with each other very often and so forth. How important do you think it is that we keep that consistent same players week in, week out? Or does it does it not really matter from your point of view? It's 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 a tough one really because we've got again as I've better said, we've got 21, 22 players that are probably good enough to to start every week. So it's yeah. hard to keep them all happy. It's hard to get the best out of them all. Like people have been screaming for Mendes Gomez for six months, and yeah. and you know he's finally played and he's delivered a couple of times. That's if if he can do that like a couple of times to end of the season, he's worth the money. Like so, it's hard to keep everyone happy. Now is the chance where we've got Charles out and had a B.A. Jordan knock, and you know to give other players a chance. But I know what you mean about the synergy. Like it's nice to have a consistent eleven. I think as long as you have consistent people in it. So we've basically all season it's been Baxter, Santos, Sheehan and Charles and then people have mm-hmm. moved around about it. The wing backs have stayed the same mostly. As long as the shape stays yeah. the same and everyone knows their roles. I think I think that's all you need really. Everyone needs to know what they're doing. So yeah, I know what you mean. Because it's good to have that, 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 that's missing at the moment, aren't we? That's fine. I know we talk about we've talked about the spine previously. Yeah. That's what we're missing at the moment, aren't we? We're missing that consistency with the spine. Um, it doesn't really yeah. matter about the yeah. kind of other players, be it the full-backs, be it the, the, the left and right side centre-halves, be it, be it the left and right centre central midfields or whatever it might be. It doesn't really matter per se. Uh, it's all about yeah. that, that spine in it and, and that's what we're lacking. So that is an obvious reason as to why in the, in the last few weeks we've, we've not maybe took maximum points. Um, but that'll yeah. come yeah, yeah. and that's the best thing about the situation because... We're still picking up results and we're still winning games without very, very, very important players. Exactly. If this is our That's worst what you need in... without our best players, then I'm confident that we're just only going to get better when we come back. Exactly yeah. that. And that's you need that in every promotion winning side. You need players that can come in and and still pick up points. You don't have to play your best, but you need a squad of players that are all capable and and chomping at the bit to get their chance. Yeah. Let us know in the chat what you thought of the game. We've we've had a uh, a couple of of comments come in. Um, 
Cambridge looked a solid side. Uh, I didn't think they looked all that bad the first half. They were particularly better. Um, uh, Callum said in, he, in his preview that they won't expect to dominate much of the ball, but they'll look to, to counter and, and perhaps try from distance. And it, it panned out exactly like that. They didn't try and, and come and take the ball off us, but I think probably in our benefit, actually, that they, they set off because I think notoriously we've played poorly against teams that do that last night I thought it was a it was a good showing and we we, we ran the high line and, and, and kept pressing and and were really good in possession uh another one saying Gomez went really close in the first half and that was in reference to what you were saying Ben about the chance that he got from uh obviously the the parried shot from from Bad Varson uh Malka said it's a great result Jack has said we'd have lost that game last year and uh one more from Leslie said, think the trouble is at the moment they cannot be having that much time to train together with the games coming thick and fast, which is another good point. You know, you've got heavy rotation, but you've also got huge travelling times, you know, a lack of perhaps quality time on the training pitch. It's a bit sort of mishap with games either being called off, rearranged, or, you know, fixtures coming so fast at us. Um, so, yeah, all in all, Good three points, an important three points, but you know it doesn't stop there, does it? With two big games on the horizon, well, the rest of the season I think now is is, is pretty it. big. Every game, Blackpool, Peterborough, Stevenage, or Wigan—they're all they're all massive games now, yeah. um, and they're all equally as big as each other. Certainly, getting to that point in the season, isn't it? I think it's always been that case, though, Ben, from the start of the season because. If you want to win promotion, then you've got to treat every game like it's a cup final, aren't you? Um, and I think in the most part, the lads have produced and got, you know, and, and proven that, 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 that they obviously want to get promoted, in my eyes. Um, can we just uh, address, not an elephant in the room, Ben, but a couple of people have mentioned, obviously Chris isn't here, Ange isn't here. Um, it's important for us to get across that we're, we're, we're trying to grow the team um, and we're trying to obviously strike up a, a new a new balance within within the podcast to kind of allow us to expand as as, as... well. I mean, I'll, I'll carry on for you. Um, <laughs> I think Carl's internet may have dropped. Um, exactly what Carl said. You know, we're all very busy. Uh, I mean, people have got kids, families. Think people have got stuff to do, so we can't. You know, I think this week alone we've had pod on starting from Sunday, we had post match Sunday, preview on Monday, we've got game on Tuesday, podcast Wednesday, hopefully another preview to come, but we're not too sure about that one. And then it'll be another pod on Sunday, uh, after uh, after Blackpool. So <laughs> we can't all do four or five pods a week. So we've got to have uh, some rotation, exactly like the car Ian Everton and his squad. That's uh, that's what it is. But uh, ironically, we will now move on to Angie's fan zone man of the match, but we presented oh. not by Ange, but by me. <laughs> so a number of contenders, it would seem, get your comments in the chat on who you think or who you're giving your fan zone man of the match award to. Ben, we'll go to you first. Um, I'm pretty sure most people are going to have a similar answer. There are a couple, but I think one stands out more than more than most. So, fire away, who are you giving it to? Yeah, I think it's... I was thinking about it before. I thought it was a tough one between, like, Coleman or better. I think Toll, after his own goal, played well, defended well, lost all the last 15, 20 minutes when they put a bit of pressure on. But Ariel came on and played really well. But I mean, Sheehan's just different class. He's I was just thinking the other day, it was only it was not even a year ago when Nima Mate went to Wednesday away and he started. It was yeah, it was Wednesday away. He started thinking, oh, I'm not sure he's dropped yeah. all year, put Sheehan back in. You know, is this the right it's the right call? And then ever since then, he's been our best player. I honestly can't believe how much he's come on in the last year. And yeah, yesterday he was just like the Carlisle game, just completely ran the show. Like, they never looked under pressure at all. Got fouled about four or five times, got up, carried on playing. And then obviously that the assist for the goal just completely topped it off. He's just, yeah, he's top class. 
I'm giving Sheehan. It's a very, very good choice. Carl, are you uh, are you echoing that or are you gonna are you gonna put a spin on things? Uh, it's it's an all it's a no brainer, isn't it? Let's be honest. But um special mentions, I guess, to um Coleman in there. I thought he was great. Uh, I thought he, he dominated yeah. his box. He um he he performed his his distribution was good. He, he he's just kinda like comfortable, I guess, in, in, in his own skin now having yeah. played you know, a couple of games. So that's important. Um, very, very, very well played goalkeeper. Um, I thought Owen Toll was great dealing with uh, aerial threats when he moved, especially when he moved centrally, which I think is mm-hmm. centrally or to the right of, of the three is probably his his best position. Um, but he was really good. Yeah. Deserves a, Just the matter, I actually think we settled better. I actually think we settled better with Ida on the left rather than Toll off yeah, to kind of shoe on, didn't they? So, although I'm not, I'm not happy Taylor went off injured, it kind of worked better for our build up structure, really. I thought, but yeah, sorry, yeah, better, better balance, weren't it? Better balance, I think that's, a, that's yeah. the word. Um, and yeah, but I mean, it's Josh Ian's uh, probably arguably the best midfielder in the league. Um, yeah, what's only one off, so his performances aren't really surprising us anymore. I don't think, I think he just. Know that he's he's just too good for this level. Um, I saw a comment on from somebody on social media. I think it might have been a Carlisle fan or something random. Um, it was Carlisle, yeah. Yeah, Carlisle fan said he's he, great pass, great vision, but why is he getting so much room? But I think it's easier said than done. Let's give it, you take, can't get closer, you can you? You can't simply you can't simply follow him around the whole game because obviously you lose, then lose a player and then there's so many other options for the rest of the team, um, and it's you, you just can't yeah. manage. They, they try they tried to in the first half, you know, they, they, they tried to nullify him a little bit, and I think they did a pretty good job in fairness to him. But he's too good of a footballer and, and yeah, too intelligent uh, to, to to stop at, at this level. Um, next season will be big for him though, big step up that if he wants to get in that Wales team. And I said it a few months ago on the podcast, I think the reason why, not the reason why, but one of the reasons why he's performing so well is because being a pro Welshman, he's desperate to get into that, that Welsh setup um, and stay in it as well. So uh, we've got a great player in our hands. That's a lot, hell of a, yeah, that's a, long, that's a long-winded way of it, saying that Josh Sheehan won the match, weren't it? Sorry. <laughs> it was a little bit. The uh, the comments have put it much more briefly, put it that way. Yeah. Radic Plexi is just gone. Sheehan. <laughs> Uh, Jack, Sheehan or Coleman. Kelly's gone with Coleman. Liam, Sheehan. Uh, we've had Suchi who said definitely Sheehan, but if we had to pick it, it would be Jerome. Absolutely phenomenal last night. Uh, I think it's his, uh, his running joke, that one. It's every week. Jerome is uh, he's up there in his votes. David, give it Josh. Uh, Leslie, also Josh. I mean, Liam has said Gomez filled the 10 very role very well second half, which was a, a very good point. But yeah, uh, for me, it's uh, around it off. It's a full house. Josh Sheehan, uh, absolutely magical. He's such a talent. Um, technically, I don't think there's any question. He's he's the best in the squad. It's just watching him mm. is uh, is a real joy. Um, technically, technically, is he be- the best in the squad? I don't know about that. Technic technically. Well, it comes close is Paris, but Paris. Yeah. yeah, technique wise, Paris is, is, is probably better. But all, all round game, Josh is special. Yeah, he's, he's a great player. But, uh, full house, it's uh, yeah. it's, I don't think it's been that way for a little while. I don't think we've we've given it to all three of us to, to one player in a little we've while. Got- We've got a good synergy tonight, haven't we? Between the three. Yeah, <laughs> it would appear that way. Right, we shall head on over and we will hand over to our resident statman for his Blackpool preview. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, fans home. I am back once again, bit of a makeshift setting this week, but you know, we move. I am literally sat on a, an exercise ball, but the game of the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the mini preview and by popular demand, the exercise ball is back. However, I will try to 
sit still this time i do apologize but let's forget that let's get let's get on to the preview so uh let's bounce into the preview you could say oh. uh, anyway so blackpool sit eighth in the table uh third in the home table actually so that, that's quite interesting obviously playing at blackpool uh, just two points behind Bolton in the home table. Uh, they've just had a double header against Peterborough, won two one in the league, but then lost three 0 in the cup. Probably a rotated team in that. I'd be fair. I didn't have a proper look at the team selection. They are actually a pretty good team when you look at it. To be fair, saying that they have only won one of the last five, just against Peterborough, apart from that two draws and two losses. Uh, this season they've scored fifty goals from forty five xg, so overperforming by five which is about about what you want. Scored 39 from open play, seven set pieces and four penalties. Uh, they score about 1.5 a game, which puts them seventh in the scoring table in the league. I think I think Bolton are second or third, so you know it's about it's about even. Uh, they concede 1.2 a game, which is eighth. So you know they do score more than they concede, which is obviously what every side wants. They do average over 50% of the ball, and so it will be interesting so you dominates possession but I actually think this might be unpopular as well whoever has more of the ball I think will lose the game and transitions will be key in this match and we've seen shaky keeping let's put it that way I mean Coleman had a good game last time to be fair but we have seen shaky keeping and obviously high lines it'll be interesting transitions are key remember that uh, pressing wise they average 13.1 PPDA, so I'll explain that. It just means passes per defensive action. So how how long you let the other team have the ball before you put a, a tackle in or interception, header, whatever. You get the point. Uh, and that is three more than Bolton. So Bolton are actually fairly better at pressing than Blackpool. But will there be a lot of pressing in this game or will it be sit off? It's hard to tell. Uh, James Husband is probably the best player to look out for plays on the the left side of the back three and he will actually get forward that'll be quite interesting to see who's tracking him back uh he's, he's actually created the most chances successful crosses and expected assists of every center back in the league so you know he is a threat even though he does play center back basically forget that while they've got the ball because he's going to be up there and he will carry the ball out from the back with 15 carries per 90. So, you know, he's definitely a threat and he could definitely break the press if it's not organised correctly. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thank you. Wonderful from our resident stat man, as always. I think we, we noticed that, or at least I certainly did, in the in the cup game we had against Blackpool. Mm. They were yeah. very, very keen on making the game transitional. Uh, yeah. Obviously, with players like Karamoko, Dembele, you've got Lavery, they were all capable of breaking at speed and, and and being direct if they need to um certainly when obviously mendez gomez was moved out to right wing back with cogley on the right side of the back three he they they went direct and they looked to make that game transitional uh, and make it work in their favor col we will now hand over to you and we'll go do a little bit more of a, a deep dive on our upcoming game against blackpool Would you like me to start singing for them little mid rolls, Ben? Because I didn't have any I music. Think, I think you might. I think you might have to. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what what it's doing. Don't know what it's doing. Okay. Um, I mean, it's all well and good for people watching on YouTube, but for people who are watching or, or listening, should I say, on, on Apple and Spotify, it's, they don't really know what's going on. But uh, yeah, they should have had a bit of music then. But never mind. It's all good. Um, <laughs> we uh, we're playing Blackpool the weekend. In terms of deep dive. I can't really do much more of a deep dive than, than what Callum did. Uh, I was actually going <laughs> to elaborate a little bit on what you said, Ben, uh, about the, um, the the transition being key, uh, which obviously what Callum mentioned because you were exactly yeah. that. You, you noticed it, didn't we, in, in the in the in the pizza car trophy game that we played. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. Um, how a question for the chat uh, and a question for you two. How would you feel that we will um, combat that? I'll ask Ben in the blue shirt as opposed to Ben in the greeny black shirt. 
yeah, it was a it was a strange um, piece of card game, wasn't it? Because they all seem to be kind of pedestrian, kind of like let's play out. No one really wants to get injured, and let's just see who wins the game. Yeah. It was like yeah. 100 miles an hour, wasn't it, from the off? Um, I've seen them a couple of times this season. This season against Stevenage and one other game, I think. And they are quite, at Fleetwood, away it was. They are quite direct to try and get in your face. And they, mm. yeah, they just get the ball forward quickly. Um, they've got quite a lot of forwards that are pretty um, pretty dangerous. Obviously, Jordan Rhodes, Karamoko Dembele, CJ Hamilton is a brilliant wing back. Shane Lavery, Cal Joseph just come back from injuries. He's been pretty good recently. Yeah, I, I would I'd, um, be interested to see how we line up because wouldn't surprise if Mendes Gomez started again, or even or I think it'd be one of them or Collins for the transitions. Mm. Um, don't think because we'll have of the to rely on pressing from the front two. They're not gonna they're not gonna um, try and invite us in. I don't think as much as some teams do. Definitely need Santos back. It's perfect time for him to come back. Um, you know, Callum mentioned about the us playing the high line and they've got pacing behind. He's definitely going to be needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd guess I it'd be more. Uh, yeah, go on. Sorry, Ben. I think this leads quite well onto uh, Liam's comment in the chat, Ben. If you want to bring it up about uh, the diagonals, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is a very, a very, very good point. Um, Molly, great show again. But Liam said, ping those diagonals, which I think leans into what you've just said about Rico being very important for yeah. the weekend. Absolutely. It's, uh, Jack Iredale is a, a, a very, very good option for that. You know, he plays the ball into the channel really, really, really well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, we've seen Toll do it in pieces. Santos is the perfect option uh, at giving those options and, and diagonals from, from deep. But Sheehan is capable of, of doing it. So I think that will be the key. Uh, and I think, if I remember correctly, we tried doing that when we went there in the Cup. We tried playing the... We've seen teams do it to us actually quite a lot this season. Wigan did it at, at, when we played them at home expertly. The ball just in between sort of the wide defender in the centre half um, mm-hmm. and I think that will be the key I think the win-backs will have a really really important role to play on uh, on Saturday yeah absolutely um, yeah we did we did go along quite a lot didn't we because uh, sorry we started with I don't know just because the product of, of starting with Bob Ars and Jerome up front you know they're not the most mobile players really but we just kept, we tried to go along quite a lot didn't we we didn't really try and play out the back maybe because Santos had an injury as well but yeah, I'd imagine it'd be I think quite similar. What, I wouldn't mind what, it. what Ben's just said, Ben, about Idale is, is probably spot on because yeah. I think it's probably the reason why we didn't see Jack start last night. I know he's had his ear, ear problem, but he had his headband on, so that's absolutely fine. Uh, because he was he were probably getting rested for for the Blackpool game for, for obvious reasons for that, that distribution. Um, so we, we are, I mean, we've not won it at Bloomfield Road. I think for coming up to 10 years. So we haven't got the, the best record against Blackpool, but it's obviously a fixture that's an old fixture um, and arguably one of Bolton's most historical rivalries, if not the most historical rivalry. It dates back to, ni- to 1896, this fixture against Blackpool. And in that time, Bolton have won 44 games um, with um, Blackpool winning 35. So we've got a better record against them. And 32 games drawn. Um, obviously, the most recent game was the nil-nil in the the pizza car trophy, um, which I think was a game that, like you said, Ben, before neither player wanted to get neither team wanted to get any injuries. And I think certainly from a Bolton perspective, it felt like we were really weren't really getting our third gear. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, with the team being with Blackpool being eighth in in League One after having come off a a rather resounding defeat last night being beaten 3-0 against Peterborough. Um can I push you both for a score prediction and, and everybody else in the in the chat as well? I think on, it will be a tough game. Um 
And I think it could go either one of two ways. It'll either be they'll come off the back of that defeat and really have their tails up and want to cause, you know, get three points and, uh, you know, respond. Or it'll be the opposite of that and they'll be a little bit down in the dumps. They'll be a little bit, you know, perhaps put out, demotivated, um, and hopefully we'll be able to capitalise on that. I think, though, we will win... Uh, 2-1, same as last night, but I'm hoping we don't go behind first. Blue I'm going to go 3-1 to us. I, yeah, I think I think they'll score. They're, they're good at home, as Cal uh, was saying. Third best home record, I think he said. Um, yeah, and they score quite a few goals. I think they'll score, but I think the way we played the last two games, especially going forward, I just think we're back to our best. Like dominance wise, I, as I said, we've been a, a few shaky games where we've got over the line but not really looked that, that that dominant going forward. But yeah, I think we're back and now with Santos back. And yeah, I'm going 3 1. I'm going 3 1. I'm confident for nine out of nine as well, Carl. Good man. I, I did, I did, um, I did put 3 0 in the chat just a second ago. That's my prediction. Um, I do think that they'll struggle to react from that game. Last night, I think hmm. I think it'll be a game emotionally and from a psychological psychological perspective that they'll struggle to to, to react to um, because I think they have the heart set on on, on getting to Wembley again, Blackpool, uh, a historical football club. Yeah. He's got a record underneath the arch or the, the twin towers. So um, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll win comfortably uh, and lucky enough that I'm going. Um, uh, are you two? I don't. I can't remember. No, no, no. Not for me. No, I didn't get a ticket. No, no while while I was away, and yeah, saw that straight away, didn't he? Pretty much. Yeah, well, to be honest, it's in Blackpool, so it's not like it's you know the best place in the world. So you're not missing much, really, are you? But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been out usually. Had a number of comments come through. So Suchi's gone with one, one. Liam's gone for a three-nil Wanderers win. Kelly's gone two-one. David Bolton to win two-nil. Brandon three-one. Same as, same as you, Ben. Uh, Leslie's gone two-one. Bolton. Radix Lecti's gone three-two. Four-two to Bolton. We've had. Uh, Quite a lot of predictions. 4-2 would be uh, one hell of a game. Uh, Leslie's <laughs> just gone. Bolton to play well for 90 minutes. Yes, I will. Uh, I'll take that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough old game. And with final one, 1-0 to the Wanderers, I'm assuming. You know what? So, what's, um, what's right about that comment by whoever it is? Uh, Leslie. Bolton to play well for 90 minutes. It's absolutely spot on because if we play yeah. well and what we know as well, we'll win. So that's ultimately all we're asked about, really, isn't it? Just getting them three points. So great prediction, Leslie. Yes. Uh, yeah, performance is, uh, is crucial, I think, in a game like this. Just before we move on to uh, the Fan Zone Fan Focus, though, we have, of course, got a little message for you. <laughs> So we would, of course, like to say a huge thank you and give a huge shout out to the folks over at Eco Warm Windows, who are, of course, your headline sponsor of the FanZone podcast for the 2023-24 season. Uh, great, guys. And as always, if you want to check out any of the sponsors, uh, you can do so over on our website, which is www.thefanzonepod.co.uk, and you can go and have a nose at our newest sponsor, Loving My Socials. We are not only growing the podcast team, but the sponsors are growing as well, and we're building a, a nice little team. So if you want to find but, out but any more about a, those. There's a fair few benefits to anybody who's who got a business or knows of somebody who's got a business, so aren't they, Ben, like, you know the the, there is the indeed. Of eyes that we're getting on the podcast and, and ears as well is uh, growing on a week by week basis. So uh, yeah, if you do know anybody uh, or anybody wants to grow the business or you know get the name out there, then we're all ears, aren't we, Ben? We certainly are. We certainly, all we have to do is get in touch either via the socials or email us 
anything anywhere you can get in touch with us then we will uh we're the team is growing and if you want to be a part of that we will welcome you with open arms but finally we will fire over to another segment who's not hosted by the lovely person you'll see on the picture but instead will be hosted by me So the fan zone fan focus returns once again, and as always, it is very very busy. I now see why Chris gets such a job on his hands trying to uh, narrow down this section. If you are wondering how you can get involved with the fan zone fan focus and how you can get your discussion points added into this segment, then if you head over to our Twitter every week or before every game, sorry, uh, uh, before every podcast, we will post. Uh, something on Twitter. Uh, so our Twitter is there at the bottom of the screen. It's at the fan zone pod and you can reply on there and we will go through and we'll pick some out. So let's move into it. Then one come in from Brandon uh, and he said 900 away fans on a Tuesday night in Cambridge twice in two weeks. Absolutely brilliant support from the whites, which takes me on to what I want to say. Would you say the fans need to back the players more at home like we do away and push them? Or is it up to the players when they need us? Something we've spoke about, I think, a number of times. Um, I think perhaps even more in recent weeks become apparent there is uh, an air of frustration that seems to loom around some home games. Whether that is justified or not is is subjective, definitely. Um, But one thing I think we can all agree on is that uh, a good home atmosphere does uh, no end of benefits for the players. So... Not sure what you both think. I don't even know if it's worth the conversation on how we do it, but what are your thoughts on, on that home atmosphere and how it differs to, to away away games? Cole, we'll go to you first. Yeah, um, I think it's important for everybody to realise that for those, well, it, it's blatantly obvious, everybody will know it, but it's a completely different type of fan, effectively, that goes mm. to away games to a home grounds any in, in any league in any league any for any club as well important to remember um so the the passion that the away fan has is fueled not only by the love for the club but by uh, some legal and some illegal substances <laughs> so ultimately that therefore creates a better atmosphere um and, and not only that the expectation as well at home is obviously a lot higher than it than it is away, which will always be the case, no matter obviously how good you are as a as a team. Um, so I don't think it can be helped, Ben. To be honest with you, I think it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, I've been lucky enough to be watching this club for thirty years now, and it's always been it's always been the case. The, the away fans are, are always significantly better than the, than the the home fans. I was actually reading a newspaper article. Um, from randomly, Grim a Grimsby game back in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand ish, something like that. We played them at home in a game, and we I think we drew two apiece with them. I think there were twenty close to twenty five thousand on, and I would have been there as a as a, as a then twelve year old or whatever I would have been. Um, but my point is, is I was reading a newspaper clip from. From the from the um, from the post, and I'll dig it out on on Twitter and post it. And it said that the Bolton fans, because Grimsby were beating us at half time, were booed off um, to a a, a, a rasperous uh, booing or whatever they described it. And I just thought it was quite um, appropriate, effect- effectively, because that's exactly what's going on or went on at the weekend with us, didn't it? You know, there's a, there's a huge amount of expectation with this football club. That's the thing, and that was a championship game back then, um, and, and 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 it always will be the case. So, yeah, I'm rambling a little bit, but I, I don't think you can you're ever going to change it, Ben. It is the way it is, um, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> but don't boo, don't boo your team, basically ever. That's my point. Whether you're home away or drunk yeah, or sober, <laughs> just don't do it. It's yeah. daft. 
Certainly uh, a general consensus in the chat. David has said it's uh, our club and every club have this problem. Radix Lettai has said it's a two-way street. Even Everett said that the other day. Um, ben, what are your thoughts on it? Because obviously we spoke about it a couple of times on the podcast before, usually during this segment, but obviously you wouldn't have had your, your say on it. So we'll hand over to you. What are your thoughts on it? I think, yeah, it's what Cole said. It's You get the more... Uh, die-hard fans on away games, and they all—they're all grouped together. It's like you know, one and a half, two thousand people all grouped together that are in the same Mindset. headspace, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, whereas at a home game, it's you're all dotted about, and there's maybe someone that's come with someone else's ticket because they can't come, or someone that's come because it's the family have come because it's someone's birthday, or it's just a different atmosphere. Like you're never going to recreate an away atmosphere for all twenty thousand at home. It's, it's just not because not all fans are the same but no. one thing though about it is the expectation as well and I think away fans because they probably go to more, well they definitely go to more games than the like most home fans do they just they know they've just I hate to sound like Rod Kane but like they, they, they know what it's like like they, they've been there and done it they've they've watched us be 1-0 down at half time and go and win whereas you know sometimes say the fans that have come along for the first game of the season and the 2-1 the down at home to Charlton and they're going they're, they're thinking what's going on we should be top of the league they don't know to like uh, one thing that uh, that um, was pointed out yesterday was you know the pressure on Coleman on Saturday when after like half an hour he was getting like you know the crowd getting onto him whereas yesterday first 10 10 minutes, I think he claimed a, an easy cross or something and the whole crowd was singing, Joel Coleman, he's one of our own. And it's just a completely different atmosphere and it gets behind him and he was there confident for the whole game and surprise, surprise, he had a really good game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's just natural, isn't it? But we just got to do our best to be positive at home. If we're 2-0 down at half time, we can still go and win it as we have done over the last couple of years. Just, yeah, yeah. Don't be, don't be the players. Didn't do anyone any good. Right, great points. Uh, we've had one similar, uh, similar points from both Jack and Luke. Jack has said, "What do you think of the reasons due to the slow starts and and poor first half performances?" Uh, and and Luke has said, "Understandably, the slow starts are frustrating. Uh, but what would we prefer as fans? Uh, a slow start followed by a decent second half performance, or a late and orient at home type of performance where we start fast and then hang on for dear life at the end? I mean, in an ideal world, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. Uh, and some consistency over a ninety-minute period would be fantastic. But the slow starts—we've t- touched on it before, as as I said. Ben, what do you think is perhaps a, a reason for it? And to answer Luke's question, what would you prefer if you if you had to choose between the two? Well, I think under Ever we've seen both sides of it. We went from, I mean, the second half of the League Two season and the first League One season. How many times did we go one 0 down early and clawed it back and scored late goals and. Yeah, it, I mean, it's great in the moment when you're scoring a late winner, but it's to do that every week, it's not really sustainable and it slowed down a bit. I think we went from a gung-ho attacking team in that first league one season to more of a let's be calm, play our way into the game and not go one down in the first half an hour pretty much last season, which worked. And then there was loads of times, it was nearly like half-time, got to the 60th minute, made some subs and changed the game, which, yeah, it works. And um, I think we've done a lot more this season. I remember seeing the stats a couple of months ago is like when te- what 15 minute periods team scored and we were top for first 15 and first half an hour, I'm pretty sure. But then second half, we basically had nothing. This is up until like January, I think. And like you're saying, the Leighton Orient game, the Northampton game, the Wickham game, the Cheltenham game, it's quite a few times we've gone one nil up early on and not sat on a lead, but kind of not gone all out attack and just kind of um, seen out the game quite professionally. Whereas the last two games have been kind of back to the first season where, you know, we concede early and we have to scramble back and get back into the game. But I mean, I mean, as Leslie said before, it's just about playing well for 90 minutes. If we can play well for mm-hmm. as much as the 90 minutes as we can. Like last night, I think we were the better team for probably 75, 80 minutes. Charlton, we were the better team for the whole second half. In an ideal world, that's enough to win a game. We just got to do that as much as we can. If, if we can... I think the stuff about being better second half, it does kind of rely on 
us losing at half time, it's reactive, isn't it? It's if if we're two 0 up at half time, we're not going to push on for and be as like high tempo as we were second half yesterday and Saturday because we don't need to be. But yeah, I think obviously we'd rather be like the full game, but it's not going to be Exeter at home every week, is it? But yeah. Carl, do you agree with that? Oh, well, all I would say to this 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 point or this question that you're asking me is you're never going to have that consistency when it comes to performances. You're always going to get performances where you can race ahead and, and, and win practically by half-time like we did against Fleetwood 3-0 yeah. and Lincoln, I think it was, yeah. 3-0 and other teams this season. Or you, you're going to score... You know, you're going to have to come back from behind or you're going to score late on. It's just football, isn't it? You know, City played last night, best team in the world. And they only just beat Brentford 1-0. And they scored in the 70th yeah. minute. Do you get what I mean? And they're the best team in the world. You've got to give enough kudos as well to the opposition and give them enough credit. And the way that they're set up and the way that they're performing against us is to combat our obvious abilities. Um so yeah, I'm not I'm not bothered how we win, to be honest, as long as we win. I couldn't care less how we play football either. I'm not at all of the, the opinion that there's a right and wrong way of playing football. I like Steve Evans and that might make people laugh or shake their head or whatever, but I'm not really bothered. I think he's a great manager for what he is. He projects he gets results, Steve Inage, and they're having a phenomenal season. Um, it doesn't yeah. matter how, how, how you Football, it's about getting results at the end of the day. Uh, and when you get when your score's irrelevant as well, as long as you as long as you're winning and when we are, aren't we? So happy days. Indeed. Uh it's very simply put. Uh it's not how you play, not you know, the way you play. It's when you just score. three points. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Final one now from Michael. Uh he said it's a little bit premature, but if or when we go up then what will success look like next season? He said for him, it's just surviving relegation and building gradually uh, from there. Although he said he can't handle another Nottingham Forest scenario. Um, what does success, sustainability, all of that jazz look for Look for Wanderers in the Championship, do you think, Colin? It pains me to say it because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not used to this, this shenanigans messing about in these leagues. Um, but just staying up and just maintain obscurity next season is absolutely critical for us to progress as a football club. Um, sell players when good offers come in, make money, buy cheaper players. You know, if somebody comes and offers five million for Sheen, get rid of him. You know, get make make money, spend money wisely, solidify yourself in that in that division, and then hopefully. If we've got the investment behind us, we can progress and start looking towards the top end of the championship and getting in the playoffs and getting out of that division as well. But that'll be a while yet. But yeah, to, to answer his question for me, just mid-table obscurity um, and, and manage manage the season well. Like I said, be it transfer, be it results or whatever it is. What about you, Ben? What are you? Uh, what do you think success is? For for Wanderers next season, should they uh, venture to the championship? I uh, yeah, I completely agree. Stay up. That's <laughs> we've not spent three years trying to get out of this league to to go back down. Um, and wow. stay up and look competitive. Not go up and look. Parkinson, he was great for us that league one season, and he, and he kept us up. But that championship season was just he was just horrible. He was fighting every game, trying to nick a point and nick a win somewhere. Play up, go up, play our way, try and win some games and stay up, and then we go on from there. Like and like you said, if we get some good offers from some good players, see you later, and we can bring in more good players like we have done. Um, yeah, just stay up and not be a Rotherham, not be a Sheffield Wednesday, not be a Peterborough. Yeah, stay up and play our way. I think it's it's worth noting that we we've said it before, and we've got players in our current team that will be far more comfortable playing in in, yeah. in, in the championship. Uh, so we will be competitive. It's just, I think it's important for us not to be uh, so uh, hung up on our current players. And like we've just said, if good offers come in, got to recycle and regurgitate and yeah. go again and bring in better players, bring in other players and make money and 
yeah, be sustainable because uh, we've just never done it yeah. before. Yeah. Cast my mind back long we've, before. We've been... Sorry, go on, Ben. No, I was just saying I can cast my mind back and I can give you loads of examples in the past where we've just not sold players at the right time. So it's really, really important yeah. as a football club we do it. Yeah, you're right. I think yeah, that's yeah, what Everton and Markham have done brilliantly over the last couple of years. We've had so many players where, at the time, super important players. You think, look at the spine of the team in um, in League 2. Obviously, Santos is still here, but Jilks, Baptiste, mm. Kieran Lee, Sarsavik, Doyle, yeah. they all, MJ yeah. Williams, yeah, they all did the job. And when it's time to go, they've, been, they've moved on at the right time. They've not hung around too long. And we've replaced him with better players. And even like, we only, we only signed him two, uh, two years ago. Aaron Morley, when he came in, he was probably our best player. Not Sorry, not our best player, but maybe one of our best players in the last few months of that season. And we've we've not just rested on our laurels, we've improved. And yeah, we, we, we've done brilliantly at um, getting players, getting players in, and setting a target for them, where we want to get to with there, and then when they're done, Thank you and see you later. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly been no room for getting comfortable. Uh, that ambition has, has, has never, ever faded, certainly from ever, certainly from the recruitment, but also the players, you know, they're all up for it. As I've better said in these interviews, there's 22, 23 players there that are all wanting to play every game, capable of coming in, filling in for someone. And... Um, I think I agree with you both, actually, on the the championship thing. Just simply survival. Um, think playing our own way and not resorting to that scrappy side of things because I don't think it suits that, us. Um, I think you'd rather get championship points total than than do, than, than resort yeah. to that. Uh, I think just mid-table obscurity would be. Fantastic, and you wouldn't have, you won't get me saying that very often. <laughs> yep, it will be a interesting challenge. Should we uh, should we head up that way? But of course, first is Blackpool, uh, and you've got to take each game as it comes. You can't Absolutely. get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Blackpool is next. Yeah. Three points is huge, and uh, until then. We will round off this evening's episode. Thank you all very, very much for tuning in and for listening. Uh, you've all been fantastic. The chat's been very, very busy, so thank you all very, very much. And until next time, hopefully we'll bring you a three-point pod on Sunday, but until then, take care, and we will catch you in the next one. Call you white men. Come on. <laughs>